When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello everyone, welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm not Charles Cummins, you'll be happy to know. Well, you might not be happy to know, probably not happy to know that. I'm Danny Brothers, of course, and this week the supply teachers are in charge of this, the award-winning podcast about Northampton Town, made for and by Cobblers fans. Joining me this week to catch up on all things Northampton Town is not just the supply teacher, but the teacher of the house. It's Chesie Jeffy Coleman. How are you, Jeffy? Hello. You all right? I'm all right. We've got the Somerset kids in to talk about Bristol Rovers beating us. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, how are you after yesterday? I know you went to the game yesterday. Uh, yeah, do you know what, actually? Let's just get straight into it. Uh, I had a very enjoyable game. No, a very enjoy- enjoyable day, despite yes. the game. So, Well, actually, no, despite 38 seconds of the game. <laughs> um, I think, I think actually, on reflection, actually, it was quite a good game. Probably one of the better and more convincing performances I've seen from us, which actually was probably summed it up as the shame that it was. But, yeah, all good, all good, all yeah. good in sleepy old Somerset. You travelled up with Pete. Was it Pete the Plumber? Did you come? No, up? no, no. A, yeah. a different, a different Rovers oh. contingent. Pete the Plumber, son of himself in Spain. But obviously, oh, is, yeah. we got uh, many a message from him yesterday. So yeah, but I'm sure you did. So you travelled up with a different Bristol Rovers we fan. We did, right? yeah. Then... Which obviously ended in tears. We kicked him out at Oxford because you know, best thing to do really when you've lost. <laughs> kicked him out at Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. that's it of all the places it could it was either Luton or Oxford I think wasn't it? Yeah, oh the, yeah the choices absolutely uh, but when you got there you were in the corporate right? was indeed yeah uh, before we talk about uh what happened in the corporate I really have to shout out the club because what a fantastic job they do of looking after everybody in there and just really brilliant to see People like Kelvin Thomas going around to every single table, saying hello to everybody. Tom Cliff working his magic as always, and just a thoroughly, thoroughly decent day. And shout out to Ollie Lloyd who sorted all the corporate stuff out for me when I 
email him with many, many questions about it. <laughs> He's a good lad. Uh, is there still stand-up thing going on? Oh, yes. Oh, I lost in spectacular fashion. It was dreadful. Excellent. Early on. Early doors? Uh, yeah. It was quite an embarrassing show for me, if I'm honest. More embarrassing from Sean, though, who doesn't understand the concept of stand-up bingo. (laughs) And I had to repeat several occasions as to how it works. Um, And he still couldn't get his head around it. And in the end, I just had to take his tickets from him and do it for him. Just tell him when to stand up and sit down. Well, he just didn't even bother standing up. He was just too confused for the whole thing. (laughs) It's like, sort of, if it it makes the tickets up, if if he wins, then that's his fault. Yeah, well, uh, if he wins, it's mine anyway. Yeah. Um, you had a special guest, though. <laughs> I know. In the corporate. I know. I couldn't believe it. I mean, obviously, on one hand, I was absolutely devastated that the King would not be making an appearance against Bristol Rovers. But he was in the corporate. Jeffy's day made. He was great. We, we got a capital letters message from Jeffy. Around <laughs> <laughs> about, what would have been about half one, I think. Yeah. Then, the King is in corporate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and by the way can i just point out that i don't really speak to you on match days in the nicest possible way oh yeah no you said at the start of the day didn't yeah. you um yeah I'll, I'll speak to you after the game or something and then uh, only a special occasion like that was gonna absolutely. bring something out that was absolutely amazing um did did he spot did he recognize you did you have a chat i, g- I gave him a wave i said hello but i was quite interested in my cheesecake at the time <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I just carried on eating. Oh, and also, uh, that, I was preparing and psyching myself up for stand-up bingo, so. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And that's basically as good as it got for the entire game, the entire day. Um, that was the peak. Yeah. Oh, I, I did win the raffle, though. Oh, what did you win? I won some Prosecco, which is helpful because I don't drink, so I've given it to Dawn. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's absolutely great. Absolutely great. Yeah. Wonderful and day. Then 38 seconds in. Yeah, I mean, it went got... well. A lovely three ball from Fraser Horsfall. I mean, he'd, he'd already like had a little bit of a misunderstanding with a defender. I can't remember. I don't know if it was Guthers or someone else. Even before that, mm. something happened. To, then the ball go out, went out for the throw. And then oh, it's just one of them where you just think, what is going on? It's, it's just too early. Yeah, it's it just was, not warmed up was. yet. But it first was. time we've conceded in the opening 15 minutes this season. And it had to be to them. It had to be a goal like that. It was just one of them where you're just holding your head in the hand. It's just like, what has just happened, isn't it? I think I, I it literally happened straight in front of me. I couldn't have been more mm. close to it if I tried. Um, and for me, it was just completely misjudged. Because actually, Horsfall looked like, before it unfolded, that he'd got control of it, but it was just too weak. It's too mm. weak of a pass. So Roberts couldn't get to it. And poor Roberts was in complete no-man's land because he's in... He's stuck between a rock and a hard place because he's like, I've got to defend this. He's running towards me. I've got to defend my goal. And he couldn't do either. He didn't have time to think about it. Um, And then they almost got in again. And and McGowan and Hoskins were just trying to calm him down. But it just, we just lost our heads for literally 30 seconds. Yeah, the first like five, ten minutes or so, Mm. wasn't it? It was just like we were all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. just what we just completely lost it and mm. we didn't I think we needed something to I mean ironically it took, probably took the injury to McClure I think to to actually make us stand up and be like right let's resettle this and when what did you make of the first few minutes because I mean John Brady obviously listened to the podcast and took my <laughs> idea on of putting McClure in midfield yeah um what did you make of his first 
what was it, 10 minutes? Probably only 10 minutes of in that yeah. position that we're going to see from him more than likely. Bless him, be, um, thinking of him, because it was it didn't look nice at all. Didn't, no. No. Um, I It was very scrappy and very physical. I mean, obviously, they were going to be physical. Um, it's just that type of team. But I think we struggled to get a handle on the game. And what we've always struggled to do throughout this season is pass to our own player. <laughs> on under pressure no I, I mean that in a seriously when we when we're stringing a passage of passes together we're pretty solid but when we're trying to defend we can't find our own players and that's been a real sticking point for us for uh, throughout the whole season and I think that was the problem and it got really scrappy really quickly and obviously then what happened to McGlaw kind of mm. threw us out of shape a bit but generally I actually don't think we played badly at all and I might get absolutely hounded for that statement but I don't think we did I think we were much more convincing than we we have been and our passages of play were actually very good but it's our final third that really really doesn't do us any favors there was a point in the first half where we had three people in the box moving around like caterpillars instead of just taking a <laughs> shot and it was like they're kind of swarming around on the edge of the penalty area just kind of going oh I don't know what to do with this instead of just having a shot and I mean we had that outrageous shot on like 85 minutes from Zimba. But mm. it was the first time in the whole game that someone had taken a touch and had a shot straight away. And I was like, yeah, you've skied from, it, but actually... There's one from Pinners one as well. Oh, that was on, sensational. Hit the bar. Yeah, that was sensational. Um, it would have been sensational. Like, that was a bit of a Hail Mary, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that had split the goal, that would have been incredible. Yeah. But I just think that we... We've got to be a bit more ruthless. And actually, we said this off air, Danny, Bristol Rovers didn't bring much, but I think that was because they scored so early. They just went, right, mm. shut up, shop, we'll go home, we're happy. Yeah. And it didn't really, they didn't provide anything. And I think we discussed this before. We tend to play better against teams that play football, but because they scored so early, we didn't really need, need to play football. Sorry, they didn't really need to play football and therefore we didn't. Either. Yeah, it just felt like as soon as they scored, they're like, right, let's shit out of this. Because I'm sure when we we both went to the away game against Bristol Rovers, they played some good stuff then. Yeah, and I, and I thought after that game, oh, this is this is a decent team. They're on the up, and they've obviously proved that, and they've proved that they played decent football in other games before this as well. But for this one, it just feels like they came to set up to get a goal and then be like, right, we're going to shit ours our way through this. Mm. And I think it, play, it played perfectly into Joey Barton's hands and fair play to him. I did, yeah. Because... I'm not saying fair play to him. Well, no, but fair play to his game management because nope. he clearly didn't want... He didn't think we were going to get concede that goal so early and therefore they, they had the lead. And I don't think he expected it to be that early. But literally, as soon as it happened, you almost saw a complete shift in their almost attitude towards it. It was just let's just ride this out and in, in a classic frustrating Charlie Good-esque style mm -hmm. is what they did. And, you know, you can't argue with that. But I would also like to point out that we were warned by our lovely preview show lady, Laura, to watch out for the Newcastle Loney because he'll tear up the wing. And obviously it didn't take very long for us to work that out, did it? No, but that was, a, yeah, I think that was a different one that scored, wasn't it? It was Harry Anderson. I think thought must have been pulling his hair out. Um, mm. I think it was Harry Anderson who scored the goal, wasn't it? Oh, but was it? Okay. Elliot Anderson, the one that they were raving about, and the one that I picked out as well, we pretty much kept him quiet, I think. Yeah. Like, and we didn't really get into the game, and I don't know whether it's just because of how we, how they, you know, how they were playing, but 
Uh, it's just it was just a really frustrating listen and then a really frustrating watch back again because you mm. think we could have got something easily from the game and I think a point would have been all right. Yeah, oh, I felt very much like yeah. like the Forest Green game a while back where we know we're playing a decent team and if we get a goal then that's going to be that's going to actually feel like a decent result. Mm. But we hit the bar twice. We've got obviously with all the injuries as well that's going on. It's it's difficult to to properly play how we want to play. Um, but we're just playing with such fine line, fine margins, mm. aren't we? At the minute, and it's just uh, we're we're either winning like two one against Stevenage when we should be putting it out of sight, or we're losing by the odd goal and not being able to put the goal away. It just we, and we're hitting the bar and we're we're coming away thinking we oh it's been a bit lucky, but we just either way we're playing with such fine margins. Mm. We're not getting we're not getting massively beat. We're not smashing anyone either. It's, it's very it's frustrating, really frustrating to watch, but I think the one thing you talk about fine margins, and I think. A perfect example of that is the fact that we've been hit dreadfully at a terrible time with injuries. And one of the things that concerns me, and <clears throat> it concerns me from a from a genuine cobbler's perspective, not because it's Ali Koiki, um, the fact that Millsy, bless him, really talented technical player, from about 65 minutes, you could see he was really flagging and he was shattered. But there was nobody to drop into that position. That yeah. and so he had to ride that out, and he was really struggling. But there's there's no one slots in. No one naturally slots in without the whole formation changing, and it was so difficult to call. And I think, it, I mean, these fine margins. I don't know whether it's we're just hitting them at the wrong point of the season. And I know Forest Green is slipping up, but I don't think we're going to hold on to the top three. Potentially, not even the playoffs. No, I mean. I think that's that's Forest Green gone now. We can't, you know, as much as we joke and as much as we say they're slipping up, they're slipping up. It, it doesn't really matter, I don't think anymore. No, not, not at all. Um, it's it, irrelevant. That's, that's that's not an issue. I don't think it's the issue to me is sustaining the playoffs. And I'm now looking at eighth place, and I'm looking at can we stay above that to get in the playoffs? And not only that, I think it's can we turn the form around in terms of performances and in terms of playing without these players that are getting injured and making ourselves believe because there's nothing worse than going to the playoffs on terrible form yeah we won't um, go up on in the playoffs so we can kiss no. goodbye to that immediately it's just never going it's, to happen that's just a no. fact and yeah. i will happily happily be proven wrong <laughs> but i'm telling you now on the 20th of march 2022 we will not win the playoffs and please charles when you're editing this please do save this cut and play it back to me on repeat for hours on end if we do <laughs> because i honestly believe i'm so certain of it and i think because I've watched the Cobblers for so long, I think I'm naturally quite pessimistic when it comes to just how I naturally feel. Although I'm, I always I'm very hopeful. I think the the only hope that we've got in terms of league position is we've got the likes of Mansfield and Exeter in our running, and that might be one of the things that saves us based on the fact that they're six pointers. Possibly, but can you yeah. see us go to Mansfield and get in anything though? Because at the minute, I don't well, really see it. I'm a Cobblers fan, Danny. <laughs> I was about to call you Charles then. But I'm a Cobblers fan, Danny, and weirder things have happened. It's true. It's yes. true they have. It's true. Um, I think what we've got to do, we've got to find it in ourselves now to fight and to use this as a, you know, people are writing us off. We're going to write write them off because we're, we're saying we can't see how we're going to get in top three. We can't say how we're going to win the playoffs. What we need to see from them now is some some actually standing up and being counted and, and being like, right, we've got these injuries, but let's face it, head on and let, let's prove to, to people that we can do it and that we are good enough because that's 
that's how they'll eventually finish in the top three or top seven or go into the playoffs with at least a little bit of form or, or whatever, things like that. You just, it's just got to this point of the season, we've played 38 games. We're there on merit. You know, it's not like we're, we're not, we've just struck luck as a lot of people think. It's, yeah, we're too far in to have struck luck, aren't we? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. We've won 18 games and that's, that's decent. And for, for all the different reasons that we talked about, I think there's massive issues from January coming up, which we might touch on a little bit later, but overall I think it's just like it's just time now just to stand up and that's a fan base as well like we've, we've got to just go for it and we know and just be like right take this as a as a punch and, and come back and try and beat Hartlepool next week which again won't be an easy game because they've gone and beat Newport um, and you know, Newport have slipped up against them on Friday night it's happening to everyone mm. slipping up against weaker teams and we've just got to we've got to make sure we win those games that aren't the six pointers and try and keep ahead of the line but also just to keep the fans believing in us, so just to just to get that belief back, and get, I think we need just two wins in a row. Even that yeah. would be would be good. I think at this point, I think as well. Again, although we haven't got time on our hands as such, this isn't towards the back end of April, so we have got we've we've got time. If you're sat here in a month's time, then it's it's come it's over, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Whereas now. What is it? Eight or nine games now left? Is it eight? I got eight games. Left, eight yeah. games, yeah. So eight games is st- still a lot can happen in eight games. A lot can happen. You know, you, you can get teams' top scorers just suddenly getting injured, which obviously is horrific for for the people on the end of that. But things like that happen. And for example, it's happened at Exeter's that Exeter have lost two of their key players by all accounts, according mm. to my sources down in the West Country. Um, <laughs> And so things like that do happen and it happens to everybody and teams do slip up, but it's just a case of we can't be reliant on that. We have to win and we have to win convincingly and well. Now, actually, I think a point would have been fair. To be fair, I think a 2-1 to us would have been fair, but we can't ride on that. We can't ride on this idea that, oh, what if? We have to go out and we have to just destroy teams. If we go out on Saturday and destroy Hartlepool, we then have to go out and destroy Mansfield. And then we have to just keep destroying teams. If we don't just do destroy. that, we've got no chance. <laughs> yeah, just destroy everything. Yeah. Come on, lads. Um, going back to the game a little bit, um, the challenge on McGlaw as well, I, what I didn't pick up on the radio is the challenge itself was appalling like mm. i don't i don't know if they missed it or mm. or they i have or a they just somehow perspective didn't... I, did, I didn't see it completely clearly but it, i wasn't oh. far away from it but mcglaw was going for him first before he uh, went in on mcglaw which but, doesn't excuse it because it wasn't mm. a very good challenge but it was getting feisty and they were both at each other and it was going to end in tears yeah, but if you look back on it, I think we've shared it on Twitter today, the, the little clip of it. He's absolutely yanked him down by his neck and he's mm. thrown him on the floor. It's just like, Well, you knew almost, it was bad straight away because he was just flat out. He didn't Yeah, yeah. and he's the, he could have easily broken something, couldn't he? I don't know what the injury is. I, I think it is a yet. broken collarbone. Yeah, and, it's, and it, the same player as well did a couple of other tackles later in the game that could have got him booked and would have... Absolutely been a but that in itself it looked like a red card to me. I mean, if I'm completely honest, Danny, I'm not going to comment on the referee and I'm not going to comment on the style of play from Bristol Rovers because do you know what it is? It's a complete waste of breath. It really is. <laughs> but you, 
he was he was shocked. Oh, comment on him. He was shocking. The referee. He's he's a championship ref apparently. That decision in itself, how he's got anywhere near just walking away when that's another key component of our squad, especially coming in for Mwaza, who's now injured for the rest of the season. How he's not picked up on that is ridiculous. And I think the whole game is just buying into the Bristol Rovers tactics of throwing themselves on the floor and time wasting and, and all of this stuff. Like There's four minutes injury time at the end of the first half. When McGlaw was on the ground Should for at least eight. five, it's yeah. <laughs> it's little things like that that annoy you. But and obviously that's not why we lost, but it's still an annoyance that so that you can get. I thought I looked at it, I thought, oh, we got championship referee again, which we did against Tranmere as well. Oh, and he was fantastic, um, minus and he was great. decision. Yeah, <laughs> up to that point he was, but he was just dreadful. It's it's just frustrating that you 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 think our oh, referees in League Two, League One standard is not just that, but when you've got Somebody coming in from the championship, you expect a bit more. So, devil's advocate here. Go on. Obviously, we travelled with the Bristol Rovers fan. Hmm. Um, we both thought the referee was appalling. The hmm. Bristol Rovers fan, being a pure Bristol Rovers fan, having watched Bristol Rovers for 50-plus years, he turned around and said, that was outrageous, as yeah. in the, the, the refereeing performance. So, yeah. from... It goes back, and again, I'm sa- I'll save me breath. It's every game, so what's the point? Yeah. Never going to change. Yeah. So. Um, I've shown the challenge as well to a couple of Bristol Rovers people, um, and they've agreed. You know, they haven't been getting that kind of the seasonal season they're saying, and they said today or Saturday, so they got lucky and they got one. So I think they can they can see what happened. Mm. Um, it's yeah. just that we've we have shared it on Twitter if you want to go and have a look, but I'm sure most people have. Looked there, um, Peter Abimbola. Come on, yeah. I re- thought he did all right. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something that I have said before, but and it does sound backwards. But bear with me, please, folks. Um, I didn't notice him, and I think that's the greatest compliment you can give a player that comes on for an injured player. I mm. didn't notice that there was a difference. He slotted into that position really well, and I yeah, think that's the biggest compliment you can give a player that comes on for an injured player like in those kind of circumstances. If you as as a fan watching in the ground don't feel uncomfortable or kind of wary of that presence on the pitch, that means he's doing a really good job, right? Because yeah, yeah, I didn't notice, I did not notice him on the pitch in terms of he didn't stand out because he wasn't doing a good job. He did everything that he mm. needed to do. And actually, his style was very similar to McGlaw's. Very, very similar. Yeah, I, th- I thought he did really well. I thought occasionally he his distribution was a little bit hoof it. I think that's probably down to nerves a little bit. I think that was sometimes a little bit aimless. But in terms of the defensive midfield role, I thought he did really well. I mm. thought he, he read the ball well, read the game well. I thought he showed some strength. He stood out. He st- stood up and be counted. He fit in. You couldn't really tell that he was an 18-year-old who's just making his debut. Uh, well, lead debut, sorry. Um, and I just thought he played really well. I thought he was, he was completely fine. I don't have any problems with him coming on and, and playing, though. I think we've recalled uh, Scott Pollock now, haven't we? And yeah. we've recalled a Dice as well because mm. of McClaw's injury. So um, it'd be interesting be, yeah, to see. Because Pollock's be... actually, he's done, I know we've, we've, I've said it before on the podcast that it's only National League North and stuff, but he's, he seems to have benefited from the game time, let's say, Pollock. Yeah, and sure. actually. Again, devil's advocate, because we don't know. Maybe he needed that time away. Possibly. Maybe he needed to change his approach. 
and maybe Possibly. maybe that gave him a bit of a kick. Yeah. So is he is, is he more a defensive midfielder though? Because I don't. I seem I remember to remember when he was playing, it was more of a number ten. Yeah, so yeah, I agree. It's that fear of Paul Lewis dropping back to allow him to go into the number ten role. Isn't it? Can I can I say something that Neil will hate? <laughs> I and I and I know he mentioned in our in our lovely group chat that he was going to talk about things, but unfortunately he's not here. So I'm going to basically completely override what he wants to say and just say what <laughs> I want to say, which is this: um, I think Sunshine and Lewis. A little match in heaven because Lewis is fairly anonymous at times. But having watched yesterday, Apare and him, the link-up play, what Apare does, he's very strong and he's a very Vidane Oliver-esque player. And he gets the ball in places and then feeds off Lewis and then Lewis can provide a cross. And actually, his crossing went particularly bad the other day, which is great. Um, and actually, I think that really works. And I think Lewis had a good game, a solid game, and a game where he wasn't a, like a passenger. And I think mm. that was really good. But that's again down to him being further forward, isn't it? Yeah. And not being sort of shackled by the defensive midfielder role, which is not his fault when he's there, but it just doesn't work for him. No. Um, so I'm, I am really glad that he didn't, that Brady didn't just drop Lewis back and actually follow through on his round pegs and round holes thing and actually mm. put Apimbola in there who can play that position and then just let Lewis go forward. Um, just so much more effective there. Yeah, I think I think it, it's working. It, it's coming together, yeah. but I think it, it might be definitely Apare. We might see the best and better of him yeah, next season, need... which is such wow. a shame. Yeah, we just need him to add goals, don't we, to what he's doing? Because mm-hmm. he, I think sometimes he gets dragged out a little bit, dragged out of position um, by wanting the ball so much. Like you see him sometimes in like defensive midfield position coming to get the ball and you just think let's get up there because you because he's so strong and he's he's actually pacey for what for his build yeah and, uh, and it, he can sort of get in behind and think a couple of times he shrugged off his man and got down the line and you just think we want more of that position you want him more sort of in the box and getting on the end of stuff don't you what you also want from him is confidence because he definitely is going to be a confidence player, but he but he genuinely looks like he's thoroughly enjoying playing football. He really does. He gives off this presence, and and he just seems to to really want to play. And I think that's key. But it's such a shame we couldn't have scouted him for the season. And if we, I, I, and it's almost like what could have been if we'd have got him in the summer. What we could have done between now, between then and now. Would, might have been a completely different story, right? Yeah. It's, to me, January just seemed to be massive for us and for other teams. Um, mm. Massively downwards in terms of us, I think, in terms of attacking. We were quite excited at the time about the signings, but I just feel like we signed too many strikers that were hopeful that one of them was going to stick. And Two of them got injured. All of them have injury problems, don't they? <laughs> yeah. uh, Zimba got injured quite early on. Labala's gone in and out with injuries, only just getting up to pace. Um, also, we've got... Um, who was the big part? Apare. Apare was Apare one, but he's obviously injured. been the one. He, he was yeah. injured early on after scoring at Walsall. Um, and then we've just we've just signed, I think, too many players who, who have a risk. Mm. Um, whereas other teams have gone out and got... Essential signings like your Matty Longstaff of of Mansfield, um, and obviously Elliot Anderson for Bristol Rovers. They've, and, they've signed players yeah. who are genuine, genuine quality who are going to 
help to make the final push. And I, I feel like we haven't done that. We've just signed players who are coming back from injury, which doesn't work most of the time. No, but if you don't know. You don't know. I've seen Stranger Things. I, yeah. I no, still... Kanu, sorry, Kanu is the other one I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I, I still... It amazes me that we're still in the automatics. I mean, how? It, it's, <laughs> it's madness. Like Teflon. It, it, it's crazy. Um, and and that, I kind of still got a bit of hope on the on the basis that I until it's mathematically impossible, I always believe it's going to be possible, as well as being the most pessimistic fan thinking we're going to constantly lose. It's like a vicious cycle I find myself in every week. But it, it's not hopeless. No, it's not. No, it's not. not. I think it, we, we just need an injection of pace and an injection of ur- urgency. And I think if we get those things, it could be really good. I also think as well that we are the creators of our own downfall in literally the last month. If you add up the mistakes we've made all season, I can guarantee 90% of them come in the last month, right? Mm. And that and that's the thing. Yeah. We just need to just compose ourselves on the ball and just try and get through this month as unscathed yeah. as we can. Yeah, it's. I mean, the thing that gives me a little bit of hope is the fixtures. And I mean, we can all say that now, but we know it's going to happen. But we've got Hartlepool next week. I know Newport have been beaten by them, but it's a game that we should be looking at at home and thinking that's going to attack. Obviously, they got Mansfield away. Bradford, Oldham, Harrogate, Orient all have had their troubles this season. All we can go there hoping to win. Exeter obviously at home is the last home game and you think it's going to be a big crowd. That's going to be There's the going one, to be something on that. There's yeah. going to be, you just know there's going to be something there. Um, and then obviously Barrow away on the last day is winnable. Again, I, I don't like to say that after they beat us at home, but mm. if there's something on that and we take a as big a crowd as we can, I yeah, know that's I've, probably about 50 there. I've, but <laughs> I've already warned Sean if it pins on that day, I will be dragging him all the way <laughs> up the country because it literally around. is... The it's entire nuts, it's it? driving the entire country for us, pretty yeah. much. And then turning back on yourself and driving, driving the way back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, um, but that that gives me a little bit of hope. Um, and I know a lot of people are angry after we can do this, which is fair enough because I think we've built it up to be a six pointer again, and it, we've not come through it. But well, I don't know. I just, I just think while it's there, we've got to try and have hope. I right? I didn't expect us to get anything from it. And actually, no, no, you if, predicted a three-one. Yeah, yeah. Three, and if three, I'm yeah. brutally honest, brutally honest, I actually think that I'm more pleased and more encouraged than what I thought I was going to be because I thought we were going to get hammered. Mm. And uh, as for literally, all it was was a lapse in concentration that did us, and that is the fine margin like we talk about. But actually. We could have been sat here having been thumped 4 0. So yeah. I think we need to be careful on. Well, I think personally, I agree that we need to just put it in perspective, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not trying to think of anything else from that game. Um, but yeah, it is just those fine margins. Hit the bow twice. Obviously, had a couple of other chances. Uh, that that Pinnock shot, oh, if that flies in, then yeah. that's, a, that's a moment in itself. This is the thing as well. If the, Pinnock, if the Pinnock shot goes in, was it against Swindon before they scored the tirade of goals? If that one goes <laughs> in, the game changes. If yeah. the Hoskins header goes in, the game changes against Bristol Rovers. And it's just, it's maddening. 
it is it's it's absolutely just, maddening. We just seem to have so many of them, don't we? Mm. What if moments throughout mm. the whole season, um, and that's probably the difference. Yeah. To be fair. I mean, that's the difference between going up and not going up. And if you mm. if you take two of those and turn them into a draw and a win or something, then we're looking at a massively different outlook. Yeah. First of but... all, we'd, we'd be ahead of Bristol. We'd be ahead of Forest Green, which would have pleased me. But <laughs> there we go. But what was great? I tell you, what was fantastic about this weekend is that I enjoyed speaking to fellow people that were really not wanting Bristol, not wanting Forest Green to be at the top of the league. Us Bristol Rovers <laughs> fans and Cobblers fans united together in our ability to recognise that people that take a hundred fans to away games when they're top of the league shouldn't be there. <laughs> that was, that was well, beautiful. Yeah, well, next to a level on games for them now, and they're five points behind. So there's every chance that Exeter might be one. Oh, and I tell you what, that would be beautiful. I'd love that. <laughs> I'd absolutely. Love, if we don't go up, I'd love Exeter to do them on the last day. Yeah. I mean, as crazy as it sounds as well, Mansfield. What they've got two games in hand in them. Mm. The thirteen point actually maybe not, but thirteen points behind. But I think they've got to play them twice um, in the last mm. few weeks. Weirdly, um, but it's all it's all going to be a muddle. I just to me, I just want it to all be level now. I want to know where we stand because I don't like I don't work well with not knowing yeah. what the results are going to be. We're going to be there's going to be a lot of Tuesday nights where we're just going to be sat here worried about what's going to happen. Can only I mean, do what we can playing. do. You just got to yeah, keep yeah, winning. Exactly. Just got to yeah. keep winning. And yeah. I think the idea that. I mean, it's it's great because I mean, I'm never I've never been known for my great mathematical knowledge um, <laughs> <laughs> when I was growing up. But football fans have this uncanny ability to become geniuses when it comes to numbers and permutations and working out what goes where and who goes when. And it's just it's like your brain fries in front of your very eyes over the last month or so. And I think that. It, it's tinged with terror, but also quite a lot of excitement. <laughs> it is, yeah. So well, Tuesday night, it's Port, like Port Vale engineering. play Exeter. Port Vale play Exeter on Tuesday night, and you think, right, what do we want from this? Or do we want Port Vale to win? Do we want yeah. Exeter now gone because they've got two games landed in us? Do we want them to win to keep Port Vale down? You forget like, about Exeter. You, you, do, you just do everything in your head, don't you? But, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. And then um, Mansfield have got Rochdale away on, on Tuesday. So Oh, come on, Rochdale. Reasonably, yeah. You sit here supporting every other team in the league, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's like that day when, we're going off topic, but I'm going to say it. Um, when, when we <laughs> when we saved ourselves in 2014, and we were talking about this, actually. The chairman, Kelvin Thomas, was talking about this with our Bristol Rovers fan, and we were saying that yeah, Bristol Rovers were in the relegation zone that day for 27 minutes and we were in it for 200 odd days yeah. and they went down and that's the thing isn't it? it the impossible becomes possible it's just absolute carnage yeah it's nuts yeah anyway a few few other bits of news yes, flying around news. this week there's been a plaque the plaque was obviously unveiled by, by Kelvin Thomas for the 125th birthday it's now pride of place above the Jekyll and Hyde pub in, on Wellingby Road I'm sure everyone can give that a wave as they go past. It looks pretty good. Looks like it looks like somebody's front window, and then they just got a plaque outside. I don't know if anyone lives up there, but from the picture on the website, it just looks like someone's house, mm. um, and they've got a got a little plaque there. That's great. That's good. It's lovely yeah. that we've marked it and marked it well. Yeah, um, I think it's been it's been lovely because it's still continuing. There's so much going on in terms of the 125th. It doesn't just end mm. on that one game, does it? So. The club yeah. have just done such a great job with that. Yeah, so, um, other news, the Cobblers have invited fans to a 
what I'm sure will be a lively consultation evening um, on Wednesday, 30th of March, to seek views on a number of um, things like the East End development, of course, and all things cobblers. Uh, it's going to be at 7pm in Carl's Bar, uh, joined by Kelvin Thomas, James Whiting, and of course Tom Cliff, plus various senior club staff. I don't know who that is. Ooh, interesting. Well, obviously, going to be there? I can't be there, but I will be campaigning from afar about me water slide. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure the water. I'm sure the whole water park will be covered by absolutely. And um, we were, we've got to send Neil, really, haven't we? Yeah, really. absolutely. Send um, Neil, and we'll have to make sure we get a water park installed. What I'd like to see is like one of those kamikaze water park slides that we can just have, so we can just bobble down the water slide into our seats and it'd be great catapulted mm-hmm. from the new east stand into the west stand seat easy 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 yeah. and um yeah and tom cliff's obviously gonna be there there's a lot to talk about a lot of people who have been contacted him on um, social media a lot of people i hope the people that blame him for the results um also go um because that's ridiculous gotta say that <laughs> some people um i think outside carlisle were blaming him for the result which was just insane mm. um but anyway Carl's bar seven o'clock 30th of march if you wanted to get down there and what else is going on oh yeah tony marchi uh sad news um former cobblers manager passed away this week um quite an interesting story actually when i was looking into this born um in an italian father english mother um and then fun fact when he scored for for tottenham reserves at southampton in october 1951 the first competitive goal scored under floodlights that's fantastic. That, but yeah. That's fantastic. But, yeah. but um, yeah, condolences to Tony's family and friends there. That's uh, the cobbler's legend sadly passed away. Um, we'll be back after this. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Hello, welcome back. We're back and it's time for a bit of this. It's time to read your letters out But things have changed, so listen out If you want to write about Northampton Town You'll need to write this next bit down Just have a rant, or just some fun At podcast at cobblerstome.com No matter if we lose or win Send us your thoughts. Come on, get them in. Get them in. We've got a couple of things coming to Neil's post bag. I've managed to intercept the post before it gets to the post bag hmm. at Neil's house this week. Um, Robbie's back. Robbie Michelangeli. Easy for me to say. Robbie Michelangeli. Is that how you say it? Uh, from Walnut Creek. You remember him, Jeffrey, from last week? Yeah, Walnut Creek. Yeah, good old USA. He says hi there and thanks for the readout on the show. The kids think I'm being weird for being so excited. Not at all. 
Robbie, not at all. Always happy to meet for a beer. Keep up the great work and glad you finally figured out what a septic is. <laughs> Many thanks, mm. Robbie. Enjoyed that. I love that. Um, Go on, so, Robbie. Yeah, Robbie and Neil. I think they should make some sort of summer spin-off when Neil goes to visit. Robbie and Neil do do America. <laughs> Something like that. Um, Chris Freeman has also been in touch on the Slack. The Slack channel is obviously part of your Patreon package. If you want to join us on Patreon, come and join us. It's a vibrant, vibrant online platform where, and community. Uh, Chris has joined fairly recently. Uh, Chris said, just wanted to put in some thoughts after Tuesday's game at Stevenage. Um, I followed Northampton Town since my first game in 1995 at the age of seven. And I've always been, as the song goes, proud to be, with the exception of Tuesday evening when a select few idiotic Cobblers fans let the club down after a clash of heads between uh, Fraser Horsfuller and former Cobbler Luke Norris. This clash resulted in Norris being knocked out cold with clearly a lot of concern from his teammates. On came the physios who spent a lot of time making sure Norris was okay. I think he must have been on the ground for about four or five minutes receiving treatment when some of our fans started shouting, hurry up ref, let him die, get a move on, I've got work in the morning. Even though this is an opposition player, this is completely unacceptable. Faith was quickly restored when our physio, after treating Fraser, stayed with the Stevenage medical team to lend a hand and Norris, once back on his feet, looking very groggy, got applauded off the pitch by both sets of fans. Um, Yeah, that's just not on, is it? No. um, I think it's fairly obvious as a football fan when you're in a stadium when injury's bad and when it's not. right? And even, even... you know, the problem is, which by the way, shouldn't be a problem, but the problem is players go down really easily, which creates this annoyance amongst fans when players go down. But it is so obvious when a player falls or goes down when they're really seriously hurt. It's obvious because they don't move. Um, For example, with the McGlaw, you knew straight away there was a problem on Saturday. Mm-hmm. It just brings back those horrific memories of Alex Nichols mm-hmm. and that horrible, horrible injury that, you know, not only did it nearly end his career, it, it, he nearly had to have his leg amputated and you've yeah. got Port Vale fans chanting terrible things. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. That's it. Just don't yeah. do it. Because yeah. it's so obvious when, especially when it's a head injury, it's so obvious. And actually, even if it's a head injury... And they're making a lot of it. I'd rather that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I'd rather yeah. that. Yeah. It's because things can be so innocuous in football, mm. and some of the most terrible injuries are actually ones that are so innocuous. Mm. So, if you just don't do it, there's no yeah. need to do it. That's yeah. it. And I think the whole everything that happened with Christian Eriksen in the summer. Yeah, exactly. You just think, how on earth are these chants still happening? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you stand in the stand and say? And like you know, you're trying to say in jest and whatever. I get that, but it's not okay. Like the words "let him die" to start singing is like, and I know this is a much more smaller scale thing than that, thankfully. But after that happens, just take a look at yourself and just say, like, just wait. However long it takes, just wait. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. just let let the physios do their great work. Um, yeah. Anyway, enough about that. We've got some more. We've got actually good cobblers news to talk about. Yay. Because it's time for the NTFC women. And I think, is this the debut of this jingle? No. Is it not? Did we mm, use yeah. it last time? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I can't anyway. Even. Let's just I use the jingle well. and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now I support the cobblers, the men's team are on the up. But the women's team are in top spot and they're going to win a cup. Now they're scoring goals for Toffee. They always score a few. They could teach the men a thing or two. So come on, the cobblers, women. Oi! Yes, Malcolm. Go on, Malcolm. Can I, I think we might have heard that before. Once, yeah. maybe. Can I just interject very quickly before we talk about the women's football? Um, mm-hmm. Malcolm, I desperately need a tractor jingle because I was stuck oh. behind a tractor for two hours on the way to the football the other day and I had tractor news and I got I need a jingle to help me through. So tractor jingle much would be much appreciated uh, if you have time and energy, Malcolm. But I anyway, will, on to the women. All, all I will say with that, Jeffy, is hold your horses. Hold it. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Um, Yes, NGFC women were playing Loughborough students again on Sunday. We drew 1 1 with at Sixfields last week. Uh, This time, a little bit easier. (laughs) Yeah, a bit different. Yeah. 8 0. 8 0. Backed up. I'm sticking with my story last week that they had ringers. Oh, absolutely, without doubt. Because it's two polar opposites, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you can't is. compare the two. There's clearly been a, a misdemeanor when it comes to yes. the team. So well yes. on the women for thrashing them and yeah. showing them actually how to play fairly. There you go. Um, Leah Cadone, hat-trick as well. Fantastic. Back to hat-trick. Alex Dixot two. The wrong week. Needed that to be last week so Charles would be paying out. But <laughs> anyway, two goals for Alex Dix. Chloe Martin, Rachel Mumford and Zoe Boot with the other goals. And uh, after the game, James Wiles was speaking with Josh Oldfield and Lou Barry. Uh, so coming up now, we're going to listen to his report and then Lou and Barry, sorry, Lou and Barry, Lou and Josh will be talking to him straight after that. Cobblers women returned to winning ways in the league with an 8-0 win away to Loughborough on Sunday. The Cobblers were dominant in the first half and finally made the breakthrough after half an hour through Leah Cadone. Cadone doubled the lead a few minutes later and Alex Dix made it three before half-time. That goal was a 25th in all competitions so far this season. Zoe Boot added a fourth on the hour mark and Cadone completed a hat-trick a few minutes later. Rachel Mumford headed home a sixth with a quarter of an hour to go. Chloe Martin made it seven late on, and Dix rounded off the scoring in the final minutes of normal time. The Cobblers are level on points with leaders Chesterfield, with two games in hand. Lou Barry and Josh Oldfield's side host third-place Mansfield Town next week. I spoke to the joint managers and midfielder Rachel Mumford after the win. So Josh, an 8-0 win at Loughborough today. What's your thoughts on the performance? Delighted. Really, really happy with the reaction from the girls. Um, we were disappointed actually last week with the performance and the result. Uh, so to bounce into this week and, and players, we have yeah really, really, really happy. Um, controlled the game totally. Uh, the setup was spot on, um, and, and the analysis that we did on on last week's game out there, um, and the girls followed it uh, to, to to the T. So yeah, spot on. Really happy. Lou, eight goals today, five different goal scorers. You must be pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, of course we. Um, well, we, we joke about each other, we, we consistently hit seven. We can never break seven, so to break seven finally has been really nice. As you said, five different goal scorers, some fantastic goals today, genuinely. Um, like I said it was it's quite a difficult game in the sense of having played them last week and coming away so disappointed. Um, but I said the analysis we've done and how we've worked on the, on the, on the plan for this week, the girls executed fantastically. Um, an extremely small pitch here have managed to uh, solve that problem and yeah, eight goals, eight fantastic goals and to, to be honest, probably one of the best performances of the season from us. So um, yeah, delighted, really happy. Josh, same opponents as last week, but a different outcome. Are you pleased with how the team re- responded? 
Yeah, I think we, um, it's easy to say now, but I think we, we possibly were a little bit complacent, not just last week, but in the weeks previous to that. Um, performances have possibly dipped in results as a, as a result of that, naturally. Um, but a really, really positive reaction today. It was, as we said, a wake-up call to, to an extent, maybe a, a kick up the bum that we needed. Um, because the reaction today was brilliant and we couldn't have asked for more from the girls. They really were spot on, really were excellent. And finally, Lou Mansfield are in third place next week. What are your thoughts going into that one? Yeah, yeah, uh, another big game. You know, it's one game at a time, but they're, they're one of four teams that probably think they can win the league at the moment. So these games against each other uh, are important. We've done relatively well, extremely well in those type of games so far. Um, and Mansfield is going to be another tough test where we're going to have to pick points up against them. Um, you know, we've got a bit of a two-legged thing going on at the moment where we like to internally say and uh, we've got two games left against Mansfield and we have to go and get positive results. It'll be an extremely tough game, but we're ready for it. We know what to expect and we're looking forward to it. There we go. It's another, well, a massive win, Jeffy, there. from Very good. All by all what's, accounts. What's really encouraging is that the goals are coming from all sorts, aren't they? And that's yeah, great. that's it. Yeah, yeah. and there's been a couple of other... Um, results recently where it's been a little bit not up to scratch of what they've been saying i know that they set such high standards for themselves um but to, to bounce back like that and get back to scoring eight goals <laughs> is something special um they mentioned there they've got mansfield twice now in the next couple of weeks i think which is going to decide mansfield are in third so cobblers are second at the minute but not only on goal difference they've got two games in hand on chesterfield but Mansfield are one place below the Cobblers um, with, and they're six points behind with one game in hand on them. So it feels like this doubleheader against Mansfield is going to be massive to their, to their season. Interesting, though. I'd love to know their goal return so far. It's got to be Who's huge, that? isn't it? The Cobblers one? Yeah, the combined goal return. for How many goals they've scored? Uh, 45 in 11 games That's in the mad. league. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? That's nuts. <laughs> it's so crazy. Um we are now going to hear from Rachel Mumford after the game, one of the goal scorers. So Rachel, 8-0 win at Loughborough today. What are your thoughts on the performance of the team? Yeah, really impressed with the girls. Um, we fought hard from the start. The intensity showed through. It was something that we worked on um, throughout the week considering our defeat um, last weekend. So we wanted to bounce back and just show our resilience, which I think the girls thoroughly deserved. And eight goals today. You got yourself on the score sheet. What are your thoughts going through your head on when you scored? Just saw the ball go to the back post, thought I'd give it a go. But um, all the goals, goals were well deserved. Um, some were half chances, but goals, goal. And the girls, again, the build up play was really good. We pressed everything that we could do. We squeezed when we should have. Everything we practiced, like I said, in training, we've just developed that into the game. So it was a very dominant performance and it's something that we should all be very proud of. And it was the same opponents as last week at Six for us. What thoughts on responding to last week's result? Um, a lot of us did have our heads down. We were defeated um, with the draw, uh, just simply because it wasn't our performance. We know we could have done better. But again, it was something that we worked on, something that we all discussed. Um, we had a chat individually with everyone and it seemed to work through because again, we showed what we were worth. We showed that we could bounce back and that's exactly what we've demonstrated today. And finally, back to winning ways after a bit of form that you're not really used to this season. Must be pleased with that as a team. Yeah, very pleased. Um, again, form was amazing. Uh, can't fault it. I know we had a bit of a dry spell, but again, that's that's something that can happen. That's something that can be expected. But the result or the way to come back of it is exactly what we've shown today. There we go. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, James, for sending out all them clips. Um, more reactions to come next week, obviously, from future games. But, Jeffy, I've got something that I'm saving for the end just for you. Okay. You mentioned it just before. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm has been a busy man. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for it. And when you ask Malcolm for something, he delivers better than even Mitchell Pinnock. So here we go. This is Malcolm's latest offering, just for you, Jeffy. I hear the tractors coming. They're rolling round the bend. They're going to fix the east and bring our long wait to an end. We've got a half-built stand. And the time's been dragging on. But the tractors are a-coming. Up from Somerset, we're told. Ten million pounds went missing, along with half the bricks. And we've been left to count the scaffold poles as a way to get our kicks. We've got a half-built stand. And the time's been dragging on. But the tractors are a-coming. Up from Somerset, we're told. There we go. Malcolm, Malcolm Butler, Butler at his finest. Malcolm Butler, you utter legend. <laughs> you uh, are a dream. Your immediate reaction to that, Jeffy? Outstanding. A star, yeah. one A-star. million Jeffy Stelling points, yeah. and basically just immortality. Yeah. 10 yeah. out of 10? Oh, 400 out of 10. Malcolm needs to start his own jingle business. He does. He's absolutely insane. What I love as well is that. Like on demand, just, no, just there we go. Yeah, yeah, on oh, demand. Can we just uh, can we have a Dean Peer Corridor jingle next month? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, I'm going to we'll sing that when uh, I'm stuck behind tractors. <laughs> <laughs> we we're gonna. I think we're gonna use that jingle whenever you have a tractor update, so that could come into Every prominence week. the next yeah over the next couple of years. Every week, when, we, when the when the East Stand is starting to see actual tractors on site. <laughs> By the way, that will be a quite miraculous moment. I think I might I, shed a few tears uh, when there's the, the first tractor on site. Yeah, yeah, well, obviously be there, delivered by my fine hands. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's anyway. in tow? Yeah, what on the back? I mean, they'll probably be driving. Let's be honest. I thought you were driving, you not? Well, you know, I quite like to take a back seat. Let them do their thing with a combine harvester. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I think that's that's about enough for this week. That's Um, enough track to talk. That's enough. That's enough old talk. We're going to be back on Friday with the preview show as we look ahead to the home game with Hartlepool United. I did wonder whether we could get Jeff Stelling, but he's not replied to any of my emails yet. Bless him. Um, We'd love a bit of Jeff Stelling on the pod, wouldn't we? Get him on. Indeed. um, Thank you, Jeffy. You're welcome. Thank you, Danny, for your company. On this fine Cute. evening. Thank you. And um, if you like what we do and want to support us to keep making episodes, you can join the fan club on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. That's patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. That's all from us. Have a great week, everyone. Keep the faith. And we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Hey, there's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've passed. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. 
Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network.